You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Just Riding Along. This week's episode is brought to you by Pro Gold. Everyone else is running late, and Pro Gold again. Um, apparently, everyone else is running late, and here I am all alone. Um, I'm trying to use Andrew's computer, and it has Windows 99 or 8 or whatever this version is, and I can't find the right button to take me away from the Skype screen. It has overtaken the computer, and I can't get back to the uh, Mountain Bike Radio control page, um, which is kind of annoying, Um, but here we are. And we have a show tonight. There is a segment that we're going to start that is going to be along the lines of putting your bike on a diet. So hopefully we will have a bike that we can look at shortly and help you figure out the most cost-efficient way to save weight out of your bicycle. Um, I think a very important thing is you shouldn't skimp weight on comfort parts. Um, You're always going to regret it and hate it so if you're riding a nice big comfortable cozy saddle and you buy a saddle that is one-tenth of the weight um, but is not comfortable then all you did is waste a bunch of your money because your butt's unhappy and you're not going to like riding so um, yeah don't do things like that also a perfect example would be Let's say you usually use Ergon grips and you use the model that has a bar end. Um, Those are going to be a lot heavier than something like an Ergon grip. Or, sorry, you use Ergon grips with a bar end. Those are going to be a lot heavier than something like an ESI or an ESI chunky, you know, the silicone foam grips. But you don't have bar ends anymore and they don't have that nice ergonomic shape. They're not going to be as comfortable, maybe. Uh, depending on your preference, and you might not like it. So, again, that's not really a way to lighten your bike. So, don't do that. Uh, Right now, Andrea is trying to text me and tell me that she wants to call in so I can push the button and let her talk because she's driving. But the problem is, I don't know how to use this computer enough to get away from the Skype screen to get back to oh oh i just figured it out oh wow look at that there we go man windows 8 is not user friendly i will say it now um oh god this is awful it is nearly impossible to do this all at once um so yeah that's kind of annoying um trying to run a computer that you don't know talk without stopping and read a text message. That is not something that you can do. Uh, so don't try it. Um, yeah, usually I would wait and read these Twitter questions and everything while someone else was uh, talking, but no one else is here, so I can't do that. So I feel a little lame. Um, did go for a mountain bike ride, which I hadn't been doing a lot of lately. And uh, it turns out it hurts a lot if you don't ride your bike very frequently and then you try to ride your bike like you hadn't skipped riding your bike at all. Not really something that I would recommend either. So 
if you want to take a break from riding, you have to remember that you're not as fit as you used to be because even if you go out and ride with your friends, if your friends have been riding pretty consistently and you haven't, when you tell them you want to go for an easy ride, it's still going to try to melt your face off a little bit. So, just remember, it's really easy to get out of shape. So, yeah, that totally happened. Um, and I don't know if they really knew that I was dying, because I didn't, like, die, die, until I started the ride back home. But it definitely happened. So, yeah, it's pretty much the story of my life. I went on a ride. I blew up. I rode home. Uh, it's very rare that I have a ride where I don't die in some fashion or another. Um, but it happens, and um, I'm pretty used to it by now. So it's pretty cool to ride your mountain bike and and, and see the nice weather. Um, Jesus Christ, I keep getting texts, and uh, Andrea just keeps texting me, and I cannot give her any feedback because I'm trying to talk without making this seem bad. Not really working out that well. So, um, yeah, really cool tidbit that no one else cares about, but apparently Raceface is thinking about bringing back purple anodized items again, which is really cool. The narrow wide chain ring is what they did, like a teaser preview, and if they bring those out in purple, that's going to be really cool because I've really wanted a purple one, and I always wanted to buy a purple race face chain ring, but I never did because I just well, I just didn't. And well, at the time I did the the narrow wide didn't exist, and I would have just put it on a single speed, and it just kind of seemed like a waste of money because the chain ring I had was fine, it just wasn't purple, and I never really. Uh, follow through with it, but I think if they bring out the race face narrow wide and purple, I would definitely buy one or two because I really like purple stuff. I think it's really cool. I think it'd be a, a nice addition to my bike. It would look cool. That's really all there is to it. So I think they had some voting on Pink Bike or Twitter where you could go and cast your vote. I didn't because I just don't do that kind of thing. I'm sure they would have wanted I would have had to have logged in with some address or something, and I just don't feel like doing that. So I didn't vote, but maybe it'll come to market. It's kind of one of those things. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. So that would be a lot of fun. Uh, yep, got new glasses last week. But the most important part is I was in the mall, and I found a hat that says fucking fabulous. So that's uh, that's pretty important to have a hat that says fucking fabulous. So... Yeah. Jesus, this is incredibly hard to do, to talk without stopping when no one else is here to help. Wow. That is insane. Um, let's see. Again, usually I would be using my phone and looking at Twitter and trying to figure out what else there was to talk about. And that's, that's why it usually works out, but when you're trying to do that all alone, it is nearly impossible to do. So, um, so, yeah. Now Andrea is finally home, so this will, this will hopefully get a whole lot less painful really quickly. Um, yeah, by the way, it is impossible to 
think about anything and text. I cannot, you, you cannot talk and text at the same time. <laughs> and by the way, this is the worst radio show we've ever had. Is it worse than the one where you and I jumped the shark a little bit? Yeah, because I haven't talked about anything because I didn't have time to read any of the articles. Did you talk about a heavy bike or anything? I don't have anything to talk about. What have you been? <laughs> I've been rambling. What a, I've got a list of not very good stuff in here. Hold well, on. Yeah. This is what happens when everyone else doesn't really. What happened to Kenny? I don't know. I don't know anything. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Maybe we could. Maybe we can cut the first part of you rambling out and uh, do. Wow, you've been on for a, a good... long fucking time. <laughs> Ten fucking minutes of me sitting here saying um and talking about how I went for a ride and bonked a little bit. So. All right. Well, Ben sent me an email. Maybe he sent it to you also. I'm not sure. I had, I did from the time that I realized I needed to get ready and do the show to now. Yeah. I did not have time to look at anything. Okay. Because I had to stuff my face. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all right. You know, if if it's terrible rambling, then what we can do is um, whoever's listening live, they just got the pleasure of listening to you, and uh, you did a great job. You're a trooper, and you're flipping me the bird. <laughs> Um, and otherwise Ben can go from like the welcome to the pro gold show to um, we can just cut it off and start here we've got for the uh, the uh, segment about what to do about your heavy bike which I was kind of calling in my head where did I go wrong? Just after that, like, thread that we saw in Mountain Bike Review where the guy said, where did I go wrong? Um, this person says, this is Levi Lester from Arkansas. Hey, I know Levi. Yeah, I think I've, I've met him a couple times. Um, yeah, so Levi said, pimp my ride. Um, we can call it that, too. I don't know. I, I kind of like... Pimp my ride is awful. But, but uh, I mean, Levi's bike I don't think is wrong at all uh, from the, the quick look that I took at it. Um, do you want to read down his build or would you like to uh, all right. like a nice bike. So Levi Lester has a carbon Cannondale scalpel. It has a lefty carbon fork. Uh, it has a rock shock fork or shock. Um, uh I was trying to figure out what he's talking about with the stem, but that's not really important. The the stem is Candale crap. There's not really much you can do about that. I'm sure you I can was get... gonna say, is there anyone who makes um like a weight weenie lefty stem? Yeah, that's a that's a dollars per gram. That's a really expensive way to do that, probably. But I wonder if it exists. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll scoot over this way. I know I smell really bad. <laughs> I'm sure Tune makes something for it. That's the kind of thing they would do. Um, let's see. So, he has full XX1, uh, carbon bottle cages, carbon seat posts, carbon railed saddle. He has a lefty front wheel. 
What kind of rim? I mean, he has a stands arch three two one rim. Uh, he has a Schwalbe Hans Domp tire. Ooh. I know heavy, but oh my fuck, does it hook up? <laughs> that is true. Uh, so, and the rear wheel is a i nine classic hub with alloy nipples. Another Arch EX Project three two one rim and a Continental Race King with protection. Other than carbon rims, actually, uh, you're not going to save that much weight going to carbon rims. I hate to bust your bubble there unless yeah, you get, like, the new Stan's Valor. Valor. Um, is the Valor and the Crest, are those a similar weight rim, or is it a lot lighter? It's lighter than a race gold. The Valor's lighter oh, wow. than race gold. Okay. So. Well, there you go. That would be... Well, but he says, other, than, other than carbon rims. Uh, oh, so, uh, Shimano rotors, those are kind of heavy. Yeah. Um and also you have Shimano M520 pedals, uh, and you put an LOL after that. Like you need really what you need to do is you need XTR pedals. Um, XTR brakes. He has XTR brakes. Okay. You need XTR pedals. You need to go through and I mean, there's not really about the only other thing you could do is get a non-remote lockout shock. Um, so that would be, uh, I mean, that's really it. He could go, you know, I know the Hans Donks is, uh, yeah, oh, my God, does it hook up. Maybe try an Ardent. I mean, an Ardent's not a light tire, but I think it's lighter than a Hans Dump, isn't it? Like, especially if you got, he lives in Arkansas, so I'd stick with the EXO protection style, which is going to be in the 700-gram range. But I think that Hans Dump is like 9 to 1,000 somewhere, isn't it? I don't know. I've never looked at them. I I despise Schwalbe tires. I have had a couple of weird experiences with them, and they're really, really expensive. So I've never really explored them as tires. I'm not saying they're bad tires. I just I I don't know enough about them to make educated things to say. Except my limited experience has been less than pleasurable, and I choose to not explore that further. Yeah, I mean, you can get you can get weight weenie on the brakes, maybe like go with like this formula with the carbon lever and that kind of thing. But you're not going to drop a ton of weight that way. Uh, he's definitely going to save a bunch of weight. So the thing, the, the places you can save weight, you get a new rear shock that was not remote lockout because this is XX hydraulic lockout. Oh yeah. And then you could get a, a new dampener for your fork that wasn't hydraulic lockout. Um, because that's yeah. heavy. I mean, that's the thing. You're sure it's lighter than mechanical, but it's heavier than no lockout. So, uh, really. What um, handlebar does he have? I missed that. Thompson. Thompson bar. The carbon? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's. And I kind of rambled about this a little bit before you showed up. I mean, he's running Ergon grips. You could put ESI grips on there and they'd be lighter, but they're not going to be as comfortable if this is your personal preference. So, yeah, I mean, if you haven't ever tried the ESI grips, I'd say try them. They're worth a shot because they're cheap. Um, you know, so try a set of those, and if they agree with your hands, then go for it. I mean, that's a good place to drop some weight, too. And yeah, like I said, maybe try the Ardent on the front instead of the Hans Donk. And the Ardent still gets a lot of traction, um, you know, for its weight and whatnot. So there you go. There is... Levi Lester, who just got the first thing of where did I go wrong, 
I think that's the I think that's the better name for it. Cause pe- or how could I do better? Uh, where did I go wrong, or how could I do better? Where did I go heavy? Yeah, yeah. Where did I go heavy? That does sound good. Um, I mean, because your bike is really nice and everything, but uh, you know, I remember Levi being a little bit bigger guy. Um, I don't think he puts his weight on here like a true lady doesn't talk about his weight. Just kidding. Uh huh. Uh, but he is. At six feet six inches tall, dude. I did not think you were that tall. Ooh, girl. I don't. I don't believe that, Levi. If you were that <laughs> tall, I would have been like, well, I was really shelled after that race, so I don't really, uh, I don't really remember how tall you were. But I just, wow. If you're that tall, then fuck your bike weighs twenty five pounds. I mean, just put it in your back pocket and walk off with it. Yeah, man. If you're six six and riding a twenty five pound bike, I think you're doing all right. That's a yeah, so yeah. there you go. Thank you, Levi, for your submission. I hope you enjoyed our... God, that phone case is really loud. It I has, love this phone case. It doesn't have any rubber on it, so it's like thonk. While I am talking about this, why don't you go to this website and pull up this stuff so we can weigh in on it? Do you not know what that is? Yeah, I do. I just wanted to be able to like look at it while we were talking. Oh. oh unless you know all about it. I know. I know what it is. Okay. I mean, I know what it is, too, but I thought maybe we could, like, pick it apart a little better if we were looking at a computer screen. Well, here. Take you your computer. To, you I hate to... your computer. The problem, when you want oh, to yeah, call Oh, yeah, and you also in, didn't have a window. You're not used to the windows on here, are you? Yeah, so you kept saying you wanted to call in, and I couldn't figure out how to get to the screen so if you were calling to answer it. So you couldn't get to How would you get to this one, then? I fucked with it long enough, but I got there. Okay. Well, it's, it's we're We're cool now. We're cool. Matt is really pissed off at me right now. I am. I mean, it's pretty fucking annoying. Um, We had somebody, uh, well, I had someone ask me on Facebook um, just a little, some stuff about single speed and was wondering a little bit about how to pick a single speed gear. Um, And he, he kind of answered his own question when he was going, you know, like, he just kind of sent me a message with some thoughts, but I wanted to just talk a little bit about picking a single speed gear, just because that is a really, really common question that we see out there. Um, really, it's going to depend a lot on your area that you're riding in. Like, it seems like a lot of people just, when they get a single speed, they they kind of have no idea what they're doing, and it comes with usually like a, I think, like the Cannondales we used to get in came with like a 3220 or something. And um, I always just kind of say, well, I mean, if you're in a flat area like Memphis, you're probably going to ride something around a 3216 to a 3218. Um, It really depends a lot on your terrain and your fitness. Um, And sometimes it can vary even like trail to trail. Some people like to get a little nitpicky like, a 3216 is nice on one trail here, but a 3217 is a little nicer than that on like the, like her Parsons Lake or something. Uh, so yeah, I mean, ask, the best thing to do is ask people that are also single speeding, but take into account their fitness and also like their, um, their amount of small man syndrome. Because a lot of times guys will try to brag about how like hard of a gear they ride. If you're talking to someone who like thinks they're really awesome and they ride a really hard gear, 
Uh, maybe that's not the gear for you. Cause it can, uh, you know, if you if if you put that gear on your bike and you the whole time you're out pedaling, like you feel like you're pedaling through molasses and your cadence is lower than what's comfortable for you, go with an easier gear. Um, sometimes that's faster. Um, I found that at Break Epic. Um, I was faster with a 32.22 over all of the courses than I was with a 32.21 the previous year. Uh, my fitness was a little better, for sure, but um, I was I was faster because I could just ride more of the climbs uh, rather than push my bike. So, you know, that's that's don't always think that using an easier gear is always going to be slower. Um, you know, and there's always a question too, like if you're going someplace with the, where you're going to like a race or especially some of like the NUE 100-mile races, um, those will have some gravel road sections, um, some flat sections, and you're going to have you're gonna have times when you're in the wrong gear. Um, there's always, anytime you do single speed, like there's always going to be at least one time when you when you pick the wrong gear and for that one section, but that's just, you know, part of riding single speed. That's, that's the beauty of it. You, you rest during those times unless it's too hard of a year, and then you're not resting at all. You're walking or you're grinding out at 60 RPMs. Um, Matt, do you have anything to add about picking a single speed gear? Not really. It's always wrong. It's always wrong. It's always wrong unless it's right. And then when it's right, it's right. But then it's pretty quickly going to be wrong again. So You, you try, you, really the goal is to pick the gear that's going to be wrong the least amount of time or right the most amount of time. Um, so really think about that. You're like if you're thinking, man, this gear is, you know, like a 3220 is perfect for this race course or this trail except for this one spot. Well, you know, if that one spot is only 10% of the course or the trail, don't worry about it. You know, that's just 10%. If that gear is right for the other 90% or 85% or something, you're, you're cool. Um, you know, so just, just, just remember that. Just try to pick the gear that's going to be right the most. Um, do you want to move on and talk about the, uh, the squat thing? All right, so we've got the mountain bike squat. Oh, yeah, Micah Gordon had asked on the Facebook page. Sorry, I should start with that. Um, what do we think about the specialized SWAT stuff? Um, first off is that I'm, I, I know what the SWAT stuff is. I know it's like integrated um, storage for your bike. Does it only work on specialized frames? Yes. Okay. I mean, it. it I know that guy the other day. I just, never mind. I don't have anything to say. What? What guy the other day are you talking about? The guy that commented in that I'm an asshole and I hate everything. Well, guess what? I think this is a bad idea because it... <laughs> it's okay. No, go ahead. you think it's a bad idea because it, it just it it I mean if you go to their website there's like a little picture and it shows what goes in your pack well that's stupid what if you don't like the tool that only fits in the tool holder on that bottle cage or what if you want to carry more than one tire lever or what if you want to carry two co2 cartridges like 
Oh, yeah. Or what if you want to not disassemble your stem top cap so you can use the chain tool? Like, to me, it's something that is a lot of smoke and mirrors, and it's dumb. I mean, I get it. You don't want to carry a seat pack. You know what else I get? That's a really bad idea. The cool thing about a seat pack is it's a seat pack. If you want to carry more stuff, you buy a bigger one. If you want to carry less stuff, you buy a smaller one. I just realized how freaking expensive that is, too. Are those carbon cages? I guess those are carbon cages. Yeah, that's not expensive at all. I mean, it's like... 150 bucks. So you're getting... Two carbon cages would be $100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. A multi-tool would be $20. At first, those looked no. like they were plastic. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. It is. It seemed expensive at first, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think, um, yeah, I mean, the whole, like, take your top cap off and don't carry a seat pack and whatever. That's, I don't know. I, I'm really, really particular about how I like to pack all of my stuff up. Um, I like, you know, my, my tube and my seat pack, and I like knowing where my derailleur hanger, spare derailleur hanger is. And, yeah, I mean, that's, it's just a little bit cheesy, I think. I mean, if if you look through that box of stuff and you like the multi-tool and the top cap thing doesn't bother you, like, sure. I mean, if you look through that stuff and you're like, yeah, I could use all this stuff and it would be really easy and I, I wouldn't mind it replacing the stuff I'm used to, then that's, that's, that's really cool. But yeah, I think that's what I'm getting at, though. Like, if you think the top cap tool is useful, you're probably never going to use your chain tool. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell on here how it works, but... So you take the, you take it out of the fork, and then you use your multi-tool to use it as a chain tool. So when you take that out of the fork, is that screwing with your headset? No, because it's on a lefty. No, it's on a specialized. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, I'm yes, it is. I was thinking of those old lefty, like, top caps. You thing. might have to loosen your stem bolts a tiny bit if the steer tube's a little bit squished. So then, yeah, you're going to have to reset your headset when you're done. Yeah, that's kind of hinky. It's just dumb. I mean, like I said, if if you think that that's useful and efficient, you just don't use your chain tool. You as a person aren't going to use a chain tool, so you're, you just... I mean, then all you're doing is adding weight back to your $10,000 white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, cool. You have, like, a little special cage spot where your inflation stuff goes. I mean, I get it. It's neat. But there's there's sexier seat packs out there. Get a sexy little seat pack. I mean, because you can put all of that stuff in a pretty normal size, like a very small seat pack, actually. And, I mean, you're doing the same thing then. Like, that's uh, just, I don't know. So, what, what exactly, which seat pack do you use? I use a 10 buck 2 one. Oh, yeah, that little one. So, exactly, why don't you just, like, I mean, just to, you know, I let carry, people know, like, what's your setup when you when you go out for, say, a three-hour mountain bike ride? Well, that's the thing. My, well, I set my stuff up so everything is, is, uh, Modular, I guess you could say. So I carry a tube individually. Um, a tube either goes. So if I'm going to go out for a one-hour mountain bike ride, 
My mountain bike has a seat pack. The seat pack has a 40-gram cartridge, a 25-gram cartridge, a Pedro's tire lever, and an inflator head that works with the 40-gram cartridge. And that's all that's in my small Timbuktu seat pack. And then a tube goes into my pocket because if you leave tubes in seat packs for a long time, they get holes in them. I just think it's better if you don't cram them down in seat packs and stuff, but if you like put them in your pocket. So if it gets dirty on a ride, you immediately see it and you like wash it off and stuff. Or if I'm going to go for a longer ride, I then put my tube in my camel bag. I put a pump in my camel bag. Mm-hmm. And then I still ride my bike that has the seat pack on it. So, I mean, if I'm doing a three hour ride, I probably have time to air my tire up with a pump. And if I do a one hour ride, it's probably because I don't have that much time and I'm just going to air it up with CO2 and like be done with it. So, I mean, it, it, you know, on a three hour ride, you, your window of opportunity is a lot longer and adding five minutes to your ride isn't as big of a deal. You know, that's, it's a very small amount, you know, it, it's three times less than when you add five minutes to a one hour ride. I mean, that's, that's just, man, yeah, yeah. And, and, and using the pump like that, that's just going to save you some money. Um, where you don't have to buy another CO2 cartridge. Well, yeah, not only that, it's just not wasteful. Yeah. It's all, like, hippie-ish, but, like, I don't know. I just, it seems really, like, if you're just out for a ride and you're just like, oh, five tires CO2, it's like, well, you're kind of lazy. Like, (laughs) pump your tire up. Like, buy yourself a nice pump and be able to pump your tires up. Like, have a nice pump. Be able to stop on the side of the trail and pump up your tires or... You know, what's really cool about the Lazine pumps is it has that flexible hose so you can actually use them. Yeah. And because it works with Schrader or Presta, it's really easy to help someone else if you if you happen upon somebody that is having trouble and they didn't know how to use their, like, let's just say somebody with a normal bike flat, they don't know how to use their inflator, they blow CO2 all over the side of the trail, and then... They just, they're like, oh, well, I have to walk out. You're like, oh, I got a pump. Let's pump this bad boy up and get on with our lives. Like, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it it just it just makes sense to, like, do that. Um, and, again, if I'm on a one-hour ride, and I'm probably starting that ride. Starting to get dark. I was going to say my ride probably starts 70 minutes before dark. If I run into somebody, I'm going to be like, hey, you okay? And if they're like, yeah, I'm walking out, I'll be like, you sure? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> but if it's like 11 o'clock on a Saturday and somebody's like, I'm walking out. I'm like, mm, no, no, you're not. You know, or, the or maybe the other way around. Like the other day I ran to this dude on the trail and it was dark. He was just walking his bike. He's like, man, it's dark as shit. I can't see anything. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what happens at night. You, you can't see. <laughs> it turns out when it gets dark, humans can't see. Like, just, just saying. Cougar eyes. Uh, you know, it's more like more like not cougarized. So yeah. Yeah. I mean this is actually this is another thing that I see a lot on the internet is people saying, What is your setup when you go out for a ride? And um just to go over mine, um I use the Lazine caddy bag um uh, on my mountain bike. Um 
I looked on their website, and the only caddy bag that I see now has, like, some kind of a saddle clamp. I don't like those clamp onto your rail, like, hang down kind of, yeah, what? Uh, I'm sorry. That is not a carbon cage. Oh, damn. That is expensive. So that's $40 worth of cages. So, yeah. Yeah. A little expensive. Only expensive the SWAT side. kit is probably not the best way to go. Yeah, if that were carbon cages, you'd be getting your money's worth. Um, if that's plastic cages, that's that's a little bit on the expensive side. Uh, it doesn't include the CO2 cartridge either. I saw that on there. Like, like, like this right here, for instance. This, this multi-tool that comes with like a little case that your multi-tool goes into and it like it bolts to the frame and the cage costs $45. Mm -hmm. You can get really nice multi-tools for $30. So. Yeah. yeah, you can get like stainless steel multi-tools that won't rust. I don't know if that one is, but no. that, that definitely makes a difference. You should all, everyone should get a stainless or some sort of rust-proof multi-tool because either from the elements or to keep it in your pocket, um, it, it gets rusty and it, it doesn't really work anymore. Like you can put a drop of, I've used, I've used Pro Gold on my multi-tools before, but when they get like really just kind of pitted and rusty, like they're just gross and you just, just get one, spend a little extra money and get one that won't rust. Um, yeah, but just my own personal setup, I use the Lazine Caddy Seat Pack. Um, I think I use the medium-sized one, though mine has straps that go around the rails and not a clamp that clamps onto the rails. I've never been a fan of those. I know the physique ones look really weird. Um, I'm not sure if this design one would also look weird. I'm just assuming it would. Um, so I use the type that has, you know, regular, like, some straps. They're wide straps that go around the saddle rails. I really like this pack because I... I use a 27.5 tube um, because it fits in a 29 just fine. Uh, I use a 27.5 tube. Like Matt said, you can definitely, if you cram a, t a tube into a seat pack and you just keep it there forever, um, it will eventually get holes in it. Anytime you fold up a tube uh, along those creases where it's folded um, and folded in half on itself, those spots will eventually wear out and they will not, your, your tube is, it's useless. Um, I've literally been on rides, like one time I was with Todd and like that big group over in Arkansas and someone had a flat and we went through five tubes before we found the tube in someone's seat pack that didn't have a hole in it. Like the fifth tube, like I had two tubes with me, both had holes in them. And, you know, someone else had, the guy who got the flat had two tubes that didn't, that both had holes in them. And finally, someone had a tube that didn't have a hole in it. So, check your tubes. If you keep your tube folded up, um, check it on a regular basis. Just unfold it, pump it up, make sure it holds air. That's, like, part of my pre-race or long ride ritual is take the tube out and check it, fold it, and put it back. Um, I think folding it and putting it back a little bit differently than how it was in there probably helps a little bit also. Um, but everyone, if you if you have had a tube in your seat pack for a long time, check it as soon as you're done listening to the show um, because more than likely it's got a hole in it um, if it's just been there, you know, rattling around for a while. So I use a 27.5 tube in that um, caddy pack. It's got a little slot where you can – it says money – um, it's got a picture of money on it inside. I stick my derailleur hanger in there. Um, 
let's see what else. I keep a tire lever in there, and I keep the inflator head for my um, no, no, that's on my CO2. Sorry, um, the tire lever and some chain links, chain links and a quick link um, also go in there. So that little caddy pack has side pockets inside of it that hold that stuff really nicely. And then it's got a bottom pocket that unvelcros, and you can stick your multi-tool in there. So I do that, um, and then I use the Big Air Race Day little like. CO2 holder, and I attach that to my seat post. Um, if I'm doing, like that caddy pack does not have an attachment for a light. Um, if I'm going to be riding where I need a light, like a rear light, I'll put the CO2 in my pocket, and I will put the blinky light on a holder on the seat post. Um, if I'm doing a longer ride and I'm carrying a camelback, same exact setup as far as, you know, the tube and um, derailleur hanger and whatnot in my pack and the CO2 in my camelback or actually it's an Osprey pack in my Osprey pack I will have another tube um, sometimes another CO2 uh, you know it's in and out of there but I will have a pump also uh, along with a little towel I use like a pack towel it's really good for wiping your sunglasses off if they get really uh, muddy or if they get fogged up or anything um, or it's like, I know a lot of times, like, I'll ride on the road to get to the trail, and once I'm on the trail, like, I don't need my sunglasses, and when I put them in my pocket, they get all fogged up. Um, when I get back to the road and I want to ride home with my sunglasses on, I'll pull that pack towel out and I can wipe them off, and it's real nice. Um, yeah, and then my food, you know, food goes, if it's a short ride, I keep food in my pockets, and I'm not using a pack. If it's a longer ride, um, I put my food in the little, like, hip pockets. On there. Um, yeah. What are you looking up over there? Anything interesting? No, I was trying to find out where that. Uh, I was just looking some stuff up that doesn't really matter. Okay. I just kind of went down the rabbit hole with specializing website. <laughs> What's interesting there? You find anything? Uh, bikes in general, just bikes. They have carbon ones. <laughs> it turns out they got carbon. They have carbon bikes. Everybody wants carbon. Which carbon bike are you looking at? Uh, I already clicked the button. Let's see. I'll, I'll go back. And oh, yeah. You. You, you saw something with the uh, interesting with the Jekyll the other day. Wasn't it the Jekyll? Or was it the Trigger? With the front hub and the uh, wheel disc? Yeah, apparently the new Cannondale Trigger 29 um, uses a different lefty front hub than the traditional front hub. So that's something to think about. If you're out there and you're like, man, I love bikes with lefties. I'm going to buy this as my Enduro 29er because I already have all these wheels and this and that. Well, let's see. Um, let's see what kind of technology we have. Uh, the lefty Supermax is the most torsionally rigid suspension fork ever made. The Supermax brings unheard of levels of steering precision to longer travel 29ers. The unique 60mm offset helps increase high speed stability and low speed agility. Perfect for the 29er, or perfect for the trigger 29ers full throttle attitude. So what that means is 
you guessed it, you can't run your existing wheels on your, your enduro. Like if you got like the, the baller scalpel with some envy wheels. You can't put them on your trigger and rate and ride all mountain on it. Because the wheels are definitely tough enough, yeah. but you can't do it. Different, yeah. It's a different offset in the, uh, let's see what it says, Supermax front hub. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. So you got to get a new front wheel. Yeah, and the, the cool thing is, is those front wheels only work with this fork. I wonder if that fork works with the current lefty adapters to use like a roof rack. No, no, no nothing's the same. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think Kenny's here. <sighs> Jim Morgan, by the way, says you did fine, man. What's up? Nice of you to show up, man. Sorry, I'm late, guys. I was late, too. Matt had to start the show on his own and, and rambled for like 15 minutes. Aww. How'd it go? Are we on the air? Yeah, we're on the air now. Oh, okay. Um, we were just talking about how um, Cannon, Cannondale, the trigger front wheel, um, is different than any of their other... Like, the the fork is different than, than the other fork, so... The fork and the hub are different. Yeah, so you can't... Yay! Another lefty front hub! Yeah. Well, that's really only the second one they've ever made, to my knowledge. Well, yeah, but, like, you can't get a nice set of... If you have a nice set of lefty, you know, wheels, they aren't going to work on your trigger. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, nicely enough, the lefty hub has not changed since it was put out, really, which is pretty cool, I guess. But it's their hub. I mean... Other people make them, though. Stans makes them... You're missing the... Never mind. When when Cannondale makes the technology, you would think... Well, they just like doing that. They, I mean, they're just kind of... They're just like, well, just make whatever you want, and if people want to make it on their own, they can do that, too. Right, but... The, so, they just don't care, is what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Um... We could go back and do what's in your seat pack with, with Kenny here. You want to do that? Uh, sure. How does this work? Well, we had, we had uh, Micah Gordon had asked us what we thought about the um, specialized, the SWAT kit thing. Um, and we, we kind of didn't really like it that much because we don't like anything. Um, and then we both went over, like, what we carry with us when we go out and ride and, like, how we carry it. So if you want to give, because I, I know that's a pretty uh, common, I don't know, it's a common thing. Like people ask kind of like mountain for you and stuff. Like what, what do you carry with you when you ride? So what's in your pack? What's um, in your sack? Okay, so in my Camelback, I have a regular hand pump, like a traditional pump, but a real compact one. Do you always wear your Camelback? You no, it's okay. a little design. So if I go on a really, really short cross-country ride and it's, like, really hot and I know I'm going to, like, make laps back to the car, I'm just, like, ballsy enough where I'm like, I don't care. If I flat, I'll walk, whatever. So I just don't worry about it, even though that's not the smart thing. Not even, like, a pocket? I hate saddlebags on mountain bikes more than anything in the world. So that's just me. That's weird. Um, I don't mind it on the road bike. I just, I hate them on the mountain bike. They clang around and they, I don't know. I just, they drive me crazy. It's a weird thing, I know. Um, I just... 
I don't like it. I don't like adding any weight to my actual bike. Because it, it bothers me and I feel it and the bike, <laughs> the bike feels different for me. Like I can't whip as good to the left. I've got the, the if uh, your saddlebag is out of balance, like if you have a tire lever on one side and like a multi-tool on the other, exactly. you can only tail whip to the right. Exactly. So anyway, I don't run a saddlebag on a mountain bike. So in my camelback, when, which I wear most of the time, um, I have a traditional pump. Um, it's a real compact design. I carry a tube. I carry a patch kit. That is a common thread. All three of us carry the Lazine pump with like that little flexi hose. Yeah, I like the flexi hose because it doesn't break your valve off. Because inevitably you're like annoyed, you're tired, you're hot, you're whatever, and you're trying to pump up this stupid wheel on the side of the trail, and it got sweat dripping down, and you end up. It's so difficult to not put pressure on the actual valve stem and snap it off or something goofy. So yeah. I like having the hose on there. It's good. Yeah. Spend a little extra money and get one of like the Lazine high volume pump. Um, let's see what they call it. Yeah. So I they run have a bunch of different ones. I run the high volume. They call it the alloy drive is the low pressure one and the pressure drive is the high pressure one. Of course, they may have all kinds of different. They have a tech drive. Yeah. HP drive. <laughs> It gets really confusing. They need to work on their naming to yeah. make it make more sense. Yeah. Regardless, what else do I carry? I have a really, really tiny multi-tool uh, or like a Leatherman thing. It's got like a knife on it and like little pliers, but it's real, real small one. It probably weighs like 50 grams or something because um, inevitably I'll have to use that for something. And then I've got a traditional multi-tool with all your Allens and a chain breaker on it. And since I always ride with other people and other people tend to fuck up, um, I carry a chain quick link for every chain out there. So I have 8-speed, 9-speed, 10-speed, and 11-speed. And I've had to use them on the trail, like, a lot. So um, I do that. What else do I have in my pack? Um, that's pretty much it. I pack relatively light, honestly. Like, I intentionally got a little bit smaller camelback, so I don't pack it full of crap. Yeah. I mean, as far as tools go, that's all I carry. Obviously, I'll put nutrition in there, and I'll put... Uh, you know, my phone. Derailleur hanger? I have a derailleur hanger for my bike only. I don't carry all my friends' derailleur hangers. You know, I probably should. You can carry that wheels manufacturing emergency hanger. You could, yep. Uh, The only downfall is it doesn't work with 142 through axle, so it's becoming less and less uh, usable. Really, you just need to, if you buy a bike, the first thing you need to do, if you can remember, is go buy an extra derailleur hanger Buy two. And, and actually carry it with you. Yeah, you probably want to put one in your pack and then one in your toolbox. Or, or your car or something. Like, I literally buy several and I put them everywhere. Yeah. I've got one in my, I probably have one in my pack and one in my seat pack. Um, I've got one in my purse usually, uh, or at least in my car. I've got them in my nightstand, um, in the garage. <laughs> I've got derailleur hangers everywhere and I don't, break derailleur hangers because they are everywhere. Yeah, I I pretty much, you know, I get lucky. I just don't I don't run into crap. So that's the Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's really the key. But yeah, carry a derailleur hanger that's really smart. I don't think there's anything else like weird or goofy that I carry in my pack. It's pretty standard stuff, honestly. What else do I carry? I've got obviously tire levers and what else do I carry? Oh, I carry I have an extra stand valve in there. That's weird. And what else do I have that's weird? I have one weird thing in my pack. You have a zip tie? Uh, yes, I have zip ties. That's a good one because they fix almost everything. Yeah. So something that I've I done that uh, 
I use a Crank Brothers 11 tool. Is that right? No, 17. It has a tank tool built into it. Yep. And what I've done is I have two full lengths, so male, female, male, female, and of 10 feet chain, and a 10 feet quick link, and that is um, wire tied to my tool. So can't lose it. It's always there right when you need it. And in a pinch, I can take that wire tie off and fasten something together if I really have to. I mean, yeah, that's good. That's good. I actually have a really tiny, just a real tiny Ziploc bag that I put all the small parts in, like all my little chain links and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I've got. I'm trying to like rack my brain now. I thought I had something else weird. No, I think that's pretty much it. So that's, that's my, that's my bag. And my road is like really, really standard setup. So on my road bike, I have uh tube patch kit, CO2, tire levers and a, a small multi-tool and that's it i carry two of everything on the road i had like my crazy ass like oh i've got two team, co2s but only one like, tube but my I've got crazy like my crazy team manager guy mm-hmm. um he like made sure everyone or like threatened to kill everyone if you didn't carry two of everything like two tubes two co2s uh two tire levers well, I, that's the one I break because I, I don't really use tire levers that much. Um, and my, my, I only have one tire my, lever. My tires really aren't that tight. on. I don't have any tires that are, like, super tight on the rim. So, like, I'll use the lever to get it off, but I never use the tire lever to put it back on. So, you know, I, I typically don't break a tire lever. And I use good ones, too. I don't use those skinny little cheap ones. Um, I get, like, the big fat, like the Pedros or... Um, who else makes a good fat one? Pedro's. Just Pedro's. Does Park have a fat one now? Pedro's. Okay. Yeah, the big yellow, or they make them in colors now. Pink, green, orange. Yeah. Um, yeah, so road two of everything. Because just because you got one flat tire doesn't mean you won't get another. So always do. And I go, I go a long way from home when I'm on the road. Um, speaking of road bikes, I got a picture today of my front triangle welded together. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it made me feel special. <laughs> um, in case you're wondering, Kenny, the reason why I was late and the reason why I smell really bad right now, uh-huh. <laughs> in case like you, that was wafting over there, uh, I went to, so, well, let me rewind. Um, I was planning on taking, like, an off-season break after the state championship race in December, like, December 14th. <clears throat> but then um, I've been feeling a little burnt out, not really physically, but more just mentally, like, I'm real tired of training and whatever. So I went to this race in Arkansas, and it was good. I mean, it was really muddy, which normally I don't really care. Like, I, I kind of like... so you did... I went to you did Blade. a... Well, they had the cross-country race there, too, I went didn't to the they? cyclocross race, and I had all intentions of doing the cross-country. Okay. But, like, a lap and a half into the cyclocross race, I was, I just, like, hated it. Not because it was muddy. I mean, just because I, I was, like, over it and ready to not be racing. Yeah, that so happens. Pretty much, I am, uh, I decided I'm going to start taking my break now. And so I'm doing as much off-the-wall stuff as possible. Between like, so, so why are you stinky then? I need to get back because, to that part of the story. <laughs> well, I went to an, a, a beginner's MMA class tonight. Oh, cool. And so I, uh, you know, you like start by jump rope, and then do some shadow boxing, which I 
yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, so I'm just kind of, yeah, running around, punching it the air. <laughs> and uh, then we actually did, like, partner up and, like, hit, not hit each other, but, like, hit each other's gloves with, you know, like, little combinations. And other than being, like, a little, well, a lot dyslexic, um, you know, though I, I had a good time. And then we punched the heavy bag, and that's when I started to, like, sweat my ass off. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a buddy of mine who really got into it, and he was fairly good. He was a big guy, too, and it's just... It always blew my mind. I never really thought he was that athletic because he was, he was really just overweight. I mean, he was a good 350 pounds. Um, however, he got into boxing, and he, yeah. I mean, he could move, and he really used all that weight to his advantage, and I, like, kind of boxed with him a little bit. Like, after he, <laughs> after he showed me things, some things, like, we do some things, um, we do some things at night, some training and this and that, and he was just kind of showing me, like, what all's involved in the training because I was kind of interested and it is unbelievably hard work. Like when you when you do full power, like full body punches yeah. into a bag, and you do like ten or fifteen of those, yeah. you are cooked. We I did mean, it. It is for, so hard. We did it for three minutes at a time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it was like he gave us this combination to do, and it was like, well, I'm not going to go through it, but he gave us like a certain combination to do that ended with like a big like a left hook, and like. You know, get like at two minutes, you're like, ah. Yeah. So for anybody who thinks that's not hard, you need to try it uh-huh. because it's not easy. So I know where Andrea's coming from because it's tough. And by I the know. way, I never ever want to get hit by this dude because he is <laughs> he is a big boy and he knows I, how to use his weight. And I, oh, I couldn't even. Imagine. I did accidentally left hook my partner's boxing glove into the side of his head pretty hard. <laughs> Well, you're supposed to, like, hold your glove up like this so you can, like, hit it from the side. And he held it like this. And I, like, I just wailed on it. And it, like, hit him in the head. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And if anyone's curious, getting punched in the face by a really, really big dude hurts a lot. So (laughs) just putting that out there just in case people haven't had that uh, that experience in their life. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little more tomorrow. on the other end of the spectrum, I think I'm going to do some horseback riding lessons also because I used to ride horses a lot. And I don't even necessarily need lessons. It's just the easiest way to, like, go to a barn and, like, ride a nice horse for a little while and, like, have a good time. Um, but if anyone out there has other suggestions for um, what they would, you know, like, what what should I do that's not really, like, that doesn't have anything to do with training on the bike, like just general, like go out and do active stuff. Like I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to do some hiking and stuff over Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and trail go, work. Like, you can go chop some trees down by hand. Yeah, I'll do trail work. Split some logs. Yeah, split logs. I don't have any logs to split though. That's a gas fireplace at the cabin. <laughs> hmm. I can still just split some logs though. We can build a yeah. bonfire. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's why I, that's why I smell like a locker room right now because <laughs> I was in a place that smelled like a locker room. Luckily, I can't smell anything right now. So. Oh, that's good. Were you uh, were, were you working late? Yeah, I was uh, just wrapping up a, a nice build, new build for a customer. I was just kind of going over all the usual stuff, you know, setting setting the sag and getting them familiar with the bike. And so it's John Donnelly. John Donnelly got um, a Jet Nine RDO. Pretty pretty sweet build. Yeah. Did you do one of the Niner builds or did he? We did full custom. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, he went XTR brakes, XT drivetrain, one by ten, 
Um, yeah, of course. And just all the usual stuff, you know. Easton Carbon Bar, other Easton little bits here and there. Stands, crest arch combo, wheels. Nothing too snazzy or off the wall, just like solid, light, reliable how stuff. Much, how much did it weigh? Uh, it weighs uh, 24 and a half uh, with pedals, which is not bad really for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and got a, he got a smoking deal on it. So ended up, I think, out the door with tax, it was like right at five. Yeah, sounds so, about right. Really good deal for solid bike. So anyway, yeah, that's what I was doing. It just... It took a while to get all that done, so sorry. Sorry that I was late. Did we do one of the bike? I don't want to like go over everything you guys have already done, but we already did. Uh, yeah, Levi, Levi Lester sent in <clears throat> actually a pretty nice bike. I, I'm looking at it right now. It looks really nice. Yeah, um, look over that and see what what you think. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, Matt, did you do? Did was the show brought to you by anything other than Pro Gold? Everyone's late. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. It is true. We owe Matt a big, uh, like a cookie cake. Big, leave me alone. <laughs> a leave me alone cake? <laughs> you leave me alone with a cake, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got you a cake. Thanks. And slam the door in your face. Well, see, pretty much what happened to me was I was out. Well, I mean, it was a little bit. The class ran a little late, and I was going to make it here in, like, the nick of time. And I had everything set up and ready to go. Like, because I knew I was going to be cutting it close. But on the way out, like, the dude's like, hey, I'm Dave. Let me show you our pricing real quick and our class schedule. Talk to you for a minute. And I'm like, Ugh. But I need to know, like, when I could come back. And, like, I just, I, I wanted to just, like, snatch the schedule out of his hand and, like, run out the door. But I was trying to not be, like, a, you know. Well, I was being a bitch to Matt and not to. <laughs> All right, so what did you guys come up with? I'm I'm looking at the pedals have to go. Rotors. Yeah. Rotors uh, are probably a little heavy. Yeah, so those pedals, those 520 pedals are heavy. They got to go. You're going to drop darn near a quarter pound going to XTRs, plus they've got better bearings and everything under the sun. Uh, his rear hub is really heavy. It's not... It's which, not a which, tank. Which it's hub a, was it's it? It's a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The old I-9s were not light. <clears throat> I mean, but it's not. Yeah, but as light as that bike is, if you're going to do it, then yeah. he's, he's got to go lighter on that. Yeah. There's a quarter pound in that hub. You can drop 100 grams on that hub. So he can drop a half pound by going with a real light rear hub and some XTR pedals. We, I was saying that you should try an R. How, how much? Do you know how much the Hans? I guess I could look it up. No, you can. Where are you going to look it up? Hans Donk? Yeah, where are you going to look that up, though? Schwalbe's site, I think, has that kind of stuff on there, I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it worth a shit, though? Or is it, like... I'm pretty sure they're detailed, like, really detailed. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're German. They love that stuff. They're super... Right. Like, yeah, look at all those specs. Look at those tables. They love them. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, Boom. He didn't say... Did he say Paystar or Trailstar? All right, I'm looking here. Looking, 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 looking. It just says... Oh, it doesn't matter. It just says Hans Dom. They are 850 grams. And he has a 2.35. Uh, it looks like that's the only thing they make in 29. It doesn't say what width it is. What yeah, they only, they only do. They do 29 by 2.35. So they have they a trail have, star and a pace star. They're both 850. Okay. So basically that's really heavy. So we could get him darn. If he does the front tire, which I know he really likes, but you need to try an Arden. 
you need and if you're really scared about the Ardent, you can try the Ardent tubeless with a little burlier, but either way, both of those are lighter by a good quarter pound compared to that one. Uh, and there are a lot of versions of the 29 Ardent now. Um, if the, you get the, the regular one weighs 700, the tubeless is 750, the 2.4 is like 800. Um, yeah, yeah. The, I, the right? 2.4 yeah. um, skin wall is 750. Like if you wanted a fat light light tire, they do make a skin wall version. But I would say since you're in Arkansas, um, if you do want to stick with a big fat front tire, um, that Ardent 2.4 with the sidewall protection is 805 grams. Um, the 2.25 with the sidewall protection is 745. So if it were me... And Maxxis is usually pretty spot on with their weights. They're, they're pretty accurate. Yeah, I've weighed a lot of them and they're really good. If it were me, what I would do is I would just read... I would get rid of your current rear wheel. Somebody will buy it. Well, um, it's a nice wheel. And then I would start from scratch on that. And this is what I would personally do. I know people are going to be really upset and it doesn't match and all this kind of stuff. But you don't match now anyway. So what I would do is get something like a crest weight carbon rim. Um, like well, he said he didn't want carbon rims. Yeah, because they're... Other than carbon rims, what happened? Well, no, I'm saying because you're already, if you're already paying the money to get a new hub in there that's already not cheap, plus relacing it, you might as well take that whole wheel in a sellable form, get rid of it, and put, put that money TV. towards... A, basically, for, I believe, retail, $800, you can get a carbon rear wheel with a much lighter hub. So you're going to have a, a rim hoop that's lighter, and you're going to have a hub that's lighter. You're going to go... Probably stronger. And it's going to be stronger. Yeah, everything's going to be better. So I, what I have in mind is, if you really like the i9 hubs, which you probably do... I would get a uh, Knox Composites rear with the new i9 Torch hub, and it weighs what a Crest weighs, and it's as strong as a Flow probably. So all good, and that thing's going to cost you 800 bucks, and you sell your current wheel for 200 bucks, and it it's a $600 investment. Yeah, that's not cheap, but it's a heck of a lot less than a $2,600 yeah, wheel so set. Yeah, I, so. I think with the different front tire um, – yeah, like if you changed out that rear wheel or at least the hub. With that nice of a setup, you're going to have to pay big bucks somewhere yeah. to drop weight. There's no other Yeah, pretty way much the it. closer you get to like the minimum weight possible on your bike, the more you're spending to drop the last few kilograms. Yep. Those well, pedals cool. are a good place to start. Yep. XTR pedals. Um, well, look, it's 833. We can, uh, we got, we got all 15 minutes of Kenny and uh, 45 minutes of me. <laughs> And he got Matt all night. Matt's okay. not a happy camper. Okay, well, uh, that is another episode of Just Riding Along brought to you by ProGold. Everybody being late and ProGold again. Good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mountain Bike Radio. Be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com to find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag, t-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.